Good morning. Welcome to Calvary Baptist Church. I'm glad that you have joined us today for the proclamation of the Word of God. Uh, Be sure these are strange days. These are weird days. But praise the Lord, the Word of God is going out. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul is in jail and he writes, I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal, but the Word of God is not imprisoned. Folks, today these are strange days, but I want you to be very sure the Word of God stands today. The Word of God has not failed today. The Word of God has not diminished today. And for sure, the Word of God is not imprisoned. I'm glad that you've joined us today for the proclamation, the preaching of the Word of God. Today, from God's Word, we're going to answer the question, what does God desire from us in these days. Now that may be opposite of what you would expect today, Uh, not what can he do for us in these days, not what do we need from him in these days, but really our response to him, what does God desire from us in these days? I'm going to ask if you would, if you would start with me, join with me in a word of prayer as we begin this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come, we are thankful for this day, we're thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the forgiveness of sin that we have in Jesus. We're thankful for a peace that endures today. Lord, I'm thankful for your church. I'm thankful for how you bless us through your church. I pray that we'd be faithful to it and that you'd be glorified through your people. Lord, I'm thankful for for today, the word of God. I pray that, that as it's preached today, I pray that you would speak I pray that you would lead us today, that you would bless us today. I pray if if need be, we would be convicted today. And I I pray again that that your word, I know it will, will bear fruit today. I pray for some that they're going to hear this message this morning. I pray that in the hearing of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that today, this very day, might be the day of their salvation. Lord, we give this to you. We trust it to you. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Again, today in the midst of all that is going on, we are asking the question this morning, what does God desire from us in these days? Now, I want you to think about that for just a second. What what does God desire from us in these days? Do you know that a one-sided relationship is not a relationship? Uh, Not really. A one-sided relationship is, is not a relationship, and yet many times uh, that is how we address God. That is how we approach God. We, we come and we say, God, what, what do you have for me? What, what, what is it that you can do for me? And God, I desire that you would bless me. I, I desire that you would show me favor. And really there is this singular focus, and it, and it is on us. Well, understand, do you, do you, do you see today that's not worship? Not true worship, it's self-worship. That's not worship. That's, that's not what God intends, and it's not a relationship. And so today, with all of this stuff that, that's brewing around us, all this wacko stuff going on, I think we had better be smart, and we better pause and ask the question, in these days, God, what is it that you desire from us? God, what is it that you desire from me today? Now, I want to be very careful here, and I want to be very clear here, and and I want to make sure that we understand 
God doesn't need anything from us. Now, I want to be very sure and make that point. He is the creator of all things. That's, that's who he is. he is. He is the master. He is the ruler of all things. He is the possessor of all things. Everything belongs to him. It, it is all his. And we need to be very careful, be very sure. He needs nothing from us. Now, as fast as I say that, uh, that, that may hurt some of our feelings. And we, we think, well, surely he needs me. Surely he needs us. And surely he needs America. Surely us as a group, he needs us. And we need to be very sure today, he needs nothing. He is the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things, the possessor of all things, and he needs nothing from us. But he does desire some things from us. As his people, he has some expectations for us and from us as his people. And today we're going to see three of those things. What does God desire from us in these days? First thing is this. What is it that God desires from us in these days? The first thing is this, to trust him. To trust him. God desires that we would trust him. Do you, do you realize the call of God, in fact, the call of Scripture is that we would trust Him? And you start in Genesis and you go all the way across the pages of Scripture and that is the call of God, that we would trust Him. And that's what He, that's what he calls to us at the very start. Adam and Eve, trust me. Not that other voice that you're hearing, but, but trust me. And the very first call is that they would trust Him. Noah, trust me. Years and years, you're going you're gonna to build this ark and, and you're going to be ridiculed as you build it. You're going to be mocked as you build it and you're not even going to understand what it is that you're doing. You're not even going to understand what it is that I've got you doing. But Noah, trust me. Noah, trust me. Abraham, leave the land of your father. and Leave your security there and leave all that you know there and follow me in faith, and I, I'll make you a promise. I will give you a land, a promised land, and I will make you a people, and through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. But Abraham, you're going to have to trust me. Abraham, trust me. Or Moses, Moses, trust me, and I will send you, and I will speak to you, and I will send you, and you will lead my people, the people that I've heard their cries, you will lead my people and you will be the, the instrument of my, of my salvation, the, the instrument of my deliverance. But Moses, you're going to have to trust me. Moses, trust me. Joshua, trust me. And yes, you've been faithful in the past and that was an awesome thing, but that's not the end of it. You have to be faithful in the presence and the, and the faithful acts of the past are not enough. You're gonna have to be faithful in the presence and I know this makes no sense and I know the battle plan that I've given you seems flawed to you, but you're gonna have to walk around these walls again in the fourth time and, and you're gonna have to walk around these walls the fifth time and the seventh time. You're gonna again have to go around these walls. Joshua, trust me, trust me. 
And again and again and again through the pages of Scripture, the call of God is to trust me. When he deals with his people, trust me. Don't trust the neighbor's gods. Don't trust your own logic, but trust me. For us in Jesus, there is no other way to be saved. And yes, this seems like a crazy way. This seems like a crazy plan through a, a resurrected Savior, a man that was dead and now lives again. Yes, the, yes this seems crazy. The, a sinless Son of God, also the Son of Man. Trust Him. That, that seems crazy. And yet, to be saved, the call of God is that sinners would trust Him. Dear sinner, trust me. Trust me call of God is to trust him. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3, it says, the steadfast of mind, the mind that's not shaken, the, the mind that has a, a foundation, the, the steadfast of mind, you, speaking of God, you will keep in perfect peace. Because he trusts in you. Verse four continues on and says, trust in the Lord forever for in, the, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. Think about that for just a second. When is it that we get into trouble? When is it that we have, we have trouble and chaos and problems in our life? It is when we trust someone or we trust something other than God. And you can go and, and that's, that's the simple matter of fact. We have problems when we trust someone or something other than God. And we say, well, it seems logical to trust the, the logic of the world. It seems smart to trust the logic of the world. It seems smart to, to trust the experts of the world. Or it, it seems to, smart to, to trust myself. And when we get into trouble, it's because we trust someone or something other than God. And yet we say, well, what if the majority report is too convincing? Remember the account of the 10 and the 2. What if the, what if the majority report comes back and their report is too convincing? What if, what if the plan doesn't make sense? Joshua, Jericho, this makes, look at it, it makes no sense. What if the plan doesn't make any sense? What if the odds are against us? There's a giant down there across the ravine. There's a giant Goliath, and he's too big. We can't fight that giant. And, and what if the odds are against us? Or what if the enemy is too great? What if the enemy's too powerful and there you're trapped and you're against the Red Sea and we're just a vagabond set of people. We've just, we've just left slavery and we're trapped there against the Red Sea and there is the army of Egypt. There are the chariots of the Egyptians and there are the soldiers and there we are and the enemy seems too great. Friends, the call of God always has been trust me. On each of these, I want to show you the product, the result of doing what God calls for. And so the first, the first thing that we're to do in these days, we're to trust God. And I, I want you to see what the product of trusting God is. In our, in our verse in Isaiah, it says 
that the result of trusting God, the, the fruit of trusting God, the product of trusting God is peace. What do we do in these days? We trust God. What the Bible shows us, the, the fruit of that is going to be peace. And it says in Isaiah, perfect peace, peace on top of peace. Look at the accounts. David goes, he picks up the smooth stones. He wasn't shaking. He trusted God and the product is peace. I want you to see this this morning. I want you to be sure of this today. When we trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, look at that. The product is still peace. We have peace with God. We have peace in our hearts because we're reconciled and we have peace with God. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Peace that the world cannot give. My peace I give. The product of trusting God is always peace. What are we doing these days? We trust God. The call of Scripture, trust God all through the ages. Trust God. What do we do in these days? We trust God. The product is peace. The first thing he desires is that we would trust him. Second thing that he desires, what does he desire from us in these days? The second thing he desires is that we would turn to him, that we would turn to him. Now, follow with me. I, I'm afraid you're not going to hear this many places today. I'm, I'm afraid that's the matter of fact. Uh, you're not going to hear this many days. Understand this is talking about repentance. It's talking about repentance. Now, what it, what it is is to turn away from sin and to turn to God. And you see there's an equation there. It's not just turning to God, but it is turning away from sin and it is turning to God. Well, the, the second thing is we turn to God and it's the process of repentance. Now, what it means is we're to be sorrowful over sin. We're to, we're to be sickened over our sin. We're, we're, we're to seek God's forgiveness for our sin, and we're to seek his empowerment to leave that sin behind. And in repentance, we turn from sin and we turn to God. Friends, this is huge. And I, this is what I know no one else is most likely going to tell you, and I want to tell you today, and it's not going to be a popular thing to say, but I want you to hear this, and I, I want us to very, very surely understand today, be sure of this, God does not hear the prayers of a sinful, sin-embracing, sin-practicing people. He doesn't hear their prayers. And you say, well, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Well, that's an Old Testament truth. That's a New Testament truth as well. Sin hinders our relationship with God and God does not hear the prayers of a sin embracing, sin practicing people. However, listen to me this morning, he hears the prayers of a repentant people. He hears the prayers of a repentant people. I, I was thinking it was on a Monday morning about two weeks ago and I had come into my office and I'd heard all the news and I heard all the bad stuff. And I, and I was thinking about how things had so quickly changed. And I got into my office and I, and I started to look at Scripture and I started to think about how I would pray for these things. 
And I was thinking, I'd like to go back. And I'll just tell you, that's, that's the natural response. I, I'd like to go back. I'd, I'd like to go back to three weeks ago. I'd like a do-over. Wouldn't you like a do-over? I, I'd like a restart. Can't we, Lord, get a restart? Isn't there an easy button? I'd like the easy button. And then as I sat there for a little bit, I started to think, why? So we can go back to acting like there is no God? You see the culture we're living in today? Why, why do we want to go back so we can go back to acting like there is no God? Why do we want to go back so we can go back to, to living like the word of God is not the truth and I'll set the course and I'll listen to the culture and I'll listen to myself, but I'm going to deny the truth of the word of God? Is it that we would go back and we would deny the truth of the word of God? Is it that we would go back to neglecting his church? And we would take it for granted and we would treat it like a, a Coke machine that we go and we hit the button and the flavor that we want drops out. Is it that we would go back and we wouldn't need the church until we needed them and then we would find them? Is it that we would go back and neglect the church? Is it that we would go back and we would treat marriage as a suggestion? And over half of the babies born in the United States today are born to ed unwed mothers and that dad's gone off somewhere, most likely he's not gonna take care of them, is that we'd say, well, marriage is up for us to debate and decide, and we would neglect the truth of marriage? Is it that we would go back and we would abort our babies? 2019, listen to this. Over 40 million babies were killed in the act of abortion in our world, a sin before God, a sin against God. Listen to this, the coronavirus has killed 62,376. That number's growing, 62,376. That is a half day in the abortion clinics of our world. Over 40 million babies have died. Can we go back to that? Is that what we wanna go back to? That we would go back to being greedy materialistic and that's what would matter to us that we'd go back and we'd be mean to each other we'd be gossips and we would slander each other that we would go back and be self-promoters and it's our cause that we would seek and it's our cause that we would raise up no that's not what we would go back to I've been saying and I, and I believe it in my prayers this I've been saying the greatest thing that could happen from this is a revival. Wouldn't you love to see a revival, a tremendous movement of God? Wouldn't you like to see people pick up the word of God and lead their homes by the word of God? Wouldn't you like to see the churches filled up of people saying, please tell us the good news of the word of God? Wouldn't you like to see people get saved? The greatest thing that could come of this is a movement of God, a revival. And I'll, and I'll tell you, that'll happen when Jesus is held up, but it'll also happen when sin is held up and sin is preached as well. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You've got to turn away from sin if you're going to turn to Jesus as the Savior. Peter said, repent. Each of you repent. Turn from sin and turn to Jesus as the Savior. Listen, we are saved in faith when we repent and we turn from sin. And in our faith, we turn to Jesus. We live in a church age when repentance 
is sadly not popular. In fact, I'll tell you, I think we live in a church age when it's not even a thing. And you can watch sermon after sermon. You can watch church after church, and they're talking about how to do good in this thing and how to be better in this thing, and God's got blessings for you in this thing, and nobody talks about turning from sin, fleeing from sin, running from sin, and seeing Jesus as the Savior from your sin. I don't even think that's a thing today for many people. We live in an age where it's an age of of grace and really it's called a hyper grace movement. And I've heard preachers say, well, I'm not gonna beat these people up and I'm not gonna talk about sin and I'm not gonna wear them out and I'm not gonna preach on repentance and that's a, a Jewish thing or that's a Old Testament thing and I'll not pick up the discussion of repentance. Listen to me, grace and mercy is for the forgiveness of sin. Yes, it's grace, but it's grace to be forgiven of your sin. And I'll just tell you right now, if the gospel you're hearing, listen to me very carefully, if the gospel you is hearing, I don't care how it's packaged, I don't care how slick the preacher is, I don't care what the music is, if the gospel you are hearing is a sinless gospel, if it doesn't point out sin and the wickedness of sin and the consequence of sin, if it doesn't exalt Jesus as the Savior for sin, folks, it is not the gospel not the one that saves. It is not the gospel. 2 Chronicles, Old Testament book, 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 14. There is a verse, and understand that verse is a promise for Israel. It is spoken to Israel. It's a promise for Israel. It's at the dedication of the temple. And it is a promise for them. Now, I want you to understand that. It is a promise for them, but it is a pattern for us. In context, spoken to Israel at the dedication of the temple. However, it is a pattern for us. And I want us to look at this verse, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. God's word says this. Listen very carefully. And my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now that was a promise made to Israel. That is a pattern for us today. I want to read it again. And my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Folks, understand we as the people of God, we that carry the name of Jesus Christ as Christians today, as the church today, we have to humble ourselves. Look, this is the pattern. We have to humble ourselves and say, you know what? I'm not gonna trust the the logic of the world. I'm not gonna trust the, the logic of even my own self, but I'm gonna humble myself. And we have to turn to God. We have to say as God's people, God, you alone are are our hope. God, you are alone our answer. And I'm turning to God away from those things. And the Bible says, and seek 
his face. Maybe that's the fruit of these days. Hopefully that's what we're seeing in these days. We have to be desperate for God. You know what? I don't have an answer in the government. I don't have an answer in the, in the systems that are in place, but I have to seek God. God, that we would see you, that we would hear from you, that we would seek your face, that we would seek our Savior, Jesus. The verse says, and turn from our wicked ways. Verse says, repent. That's what it means. And turn from our wicked ways. God, I've had enough of sin and I'm done excusing sin, especially my own. God, I'm tired of, of fleeing to sin and flocking to sin. And God, I want to leave sin. And God, empower me to, to turn and to walk away from sin. Listen, what does he want from us in these days? He wants us to repent. He wants us to leave our sin, to be heartbroken of our sin, and to turn to him the answer for sin. The product of trusting him is peace. The product of repentance is restoration. The result... Listen to this. The result of repentance is restoration. Let me tell you some great news. And I, and I don't know why this is. Folks don't want to touch this subject. And they don't want to talk about this subject. Maybe, they, maybe their attendance will go down. Maybe their giving will go down. Maybe folks will, will say they're judgmental and hard. I don't know what it is. But I want to tell you there's great news tied to this subject. There's great news tied to this subject. Be sure of this. Get this. Listen to this today. Hear this. God has never forsaken a repenting people. Oh, what good news that is. He's never done it not once. He's gonna not start now. He has never forsaken a repentant, a repenting person not once. That's good news. If we'll repent, he's never forsaken a person that would leave their sin and turn to him in faith. He's never forsaken them. Greatest thing that could happen in our nation is we'd say, no, we've had enough of that. And God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry that I excused it. I'm sorry that I wanted to walk in it. And God, I turn and I ask you to help me and I leave and I repent and I turn to you. If you're here and you're not saved, I want to tell you this. The, your hope is to repent and to turn from that and go towards Jesus. If you're here and you're not saved, repent and leave that. It's not worth anything and turn and go to Jesus. What does God desire in these days? In these days, what is it that God desires? He desires that we would trust him. That's the call of scripture, that we would trust him. He desires that we would turn to him in repentance, that we would turn to him. The third thing that he desires in these days is that we would tell of him that we would tell of him. Now, here's the deal. Listen very carefully. God's people are to glorify him. Now, that's, that's the truth. God's people, we are to glorify him. Back in Israel, how were the neighbors supposed to see that God was different? They were to see the people of God, and it was to bring glory to God. It was to point to God. As God's people today, we are to glorify him. We are to bring glory to him. The word glorify means to add to the good opinion of. 
Now, I want you to see this because it's an important thing for us to understand. It means to add to the good opinion of. Now, lest we get big-headed, I want us to be very sure here. We do not add to the glory of God. We do, we do not do. There's nothing we can do to add, to add on to the glory of God. Understand this. He is glorious. Our God is glorious. He is perfect in his glory. He is infinite in his glory. He is glory. There is nothing you or I could do to add to the glory of God. Not one thing that we can do, but the truth is what we can do is we can point to his glory. We can illuminate his glory. The Bible says in Genesis, we are made in his image. We are image bearers. We are to, to add, we are to point, we are to illuminate to the, to the glory of God. We are to add to the good opinion of God. Now, I know it's going to sound cliche. <laughs> and I, I know you're going to say, well, I knew you'd say this. We, we reflect God's glory when we walk in obedience. And we do. And I'll tell you, you find a person that walks in obedience and it reflects God's glory. Praise the Lord for that. We, we reflect God's glory. We glorify God when we, when we look different than the world around us. And you find a person and they, they're not sinking into the culture. They're not conforming to the culture. But instead, they're being transformed. They glorify God. We glorify God when we look different than the sorry world around us. We glorify God when we worship him. When we worship him and, and we come together and we sing and we hear and we study and we trust and we praise, we thank him, we, we glorify God. But listen very carefully and you're gonna say, I knew you'd say this. But the single greatest way that we glorify God is when we tell people of Jesus. You see, Jesus is the full revelation of God. And, and the greatest way that we glorify God, yes, those other things are awesome. Yes, those other things are tremendous. The single greatest way that we reflect glory on God is when we tell people of Jesus. Product of telling people of Jesus is a purpose. You know what? You have a purpose every day as a, as a saved person to point to the glory of God, to tell people about Jesus. You know, we have, we have a mission as a church, even in these days, especially in these days, to point glory to Jesus, to illuminate the glory of our Savior, Jesus. We have a purpose. Now, I want you to think about these things. When you respond in trust, you have peace. When you, have, when you respond in trust, you have peace. That's the product. When you respond in repentance, you have restoration. And now when you respond in telling folks of Jesus, you have a purpose. I don't know what we're supposed to do in these days. Listen, in responding how God has called us to respond, we have peace and we have restoration and we have a purpose as the people of God. What are we supposed to do in these days? We're to trust we are to turn to him and we are to tell others of our Savior, Jesus. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take a free shot right here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a free shot right here. 
See, I am sick of hearing about this. I, I am sick. I am sick of hearing about a dry cough. And I'm sick of the listing of the symptoms. And I'm sick of the word coronavirus. I wish I'd never heard it. I, I am sick today of COVID-19. I'm sick. I don't care if I ever hear that again. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the news reporters, my lands, what day we live in, that have to talk and have to talk and have to talk incessantly about this. I'm tired of turning on the news and hearing the, the, the stories of the coronavirus. Listen, I'm sick of politicians that have somehow found a way to put themselves in the middle of all this and to put themselves on the platform and all this. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And so I'm going to end like this. I'm going to take a free shot. I'm going to end today by talking about Jesus. You see, you see what we need to do today? We need to hear about Jesus. We need to hear about Jesus. And so I'm going to take this shot and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about Jesus. Yesterday afternoon I was, I was going through this message and, I, and it just struck me. Tell me the story of Jesus. Right on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. I'm going to end today by talking about Jesus. And I, I'm excited to tell you this is why I was created and this is the good news of the written word of God. It points to the living word, our Savior, Jesus. And I want you to hear me today as we wrap this up. If you are listening to me today and you feel out of control, and you're listening right now and you feel out of control, well, I want to tell you the book of Colossians says that Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the creator of all things. He is the sustainer of all things and they hold together in his hands. Listen to me. He is in control. Jesus is in control. If you're here today, you're listening today and you're anxious today and you're worried today on the onslaught of all this information, you find yourself and you're worried today, Jesus says that he gives peace. In fact, he says it's peace that the world can't understand, peace that the world can't give, and he gives us that peace. Friends, Jesus is that peace. And if you're worried today, listen to me, Jesus is our peace. If you're listening today and you feel hopeless, and you got to the point that, you know what, there's no hope in this and it's gonna go on for months and it may go on for years and after that, there's gonna be something after that. If you are hopeless today, everywhere you look today, you can't find any hope. I wanna tell you this morning, Jesus is the hope. He's the hope that doesn't fade. He's the hope that doesn't fail. He's the hope that's not based on upon a situation or a response. Listen, friend, Jesus is our hope. If you're here today and you're listening and you feel tossed about and you're over here and you're over there and you're not tied down, I want to tell you, Jesus is the anchor. He's the anchor that, that holds. He's the anchor that doesn't slip, doesn't slide. He is the anchor. And by faith, we tether ourselves to that anchor. Jesus is the anchor. I want to tell you, if you're here today and you're hungry and you're listening today and you're hungry, and you've gone to the store and the aisles are empty there when you go. If you go to your favorite restaurant and it is closed there and you find yourself and you're hungry, Jesus is the bread of life. And he says, all that come to me, they will never hunger. Jesus is the bread of life. If you're here today and you feel misdirected, 
If you're listening and you feel misdirected and you're not sure where to go in these days, you feel aimless, you're not sure what to do, I want to tell you today, Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the shepherd that loves the sheep. He's the shepherd that they hear his voice. And he's the one that with his own staff, he will kindly lead his sheep. He is the shepherd that would leave the 99 in search of the one. If you're feeling like you're misdirected today, Jesus is the shepherd. If you're here today and you're listening and it it seems like there's darkness all around us and you think, how can it get any darker? I thought it was darker last month, but now it seems so dark and it seems like it's closing in on us. If you're here today and it seems so dark, listen to me. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the light that comes into the world and he shines in the darkness and the Bible says, and the darkness does not overcome it. If it's dark today, Jesus is the light of the world. If you're here today and you don't know what to believe and you're saying, I don't know what to believe anymore. There's so many versions today, so many voices today and you don't know who to believe. Listen to me, believe Jesus. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth and I'm the life. And if you come to the truth, you'll come to the Father. Believe Jesus today, he is the truth. Listen to me today, if you're here and you're listening, you're not sure about your future, I'm not sure about our future. I'm so distressed about our future. You're not sure what it will hold. Listen to me. Jesus is the one that the Bible, his own word says that just as he went up, he will come again and there's gonna be the blast of a trumpet and there's gonna be the voice of an archangel and the clouds are gonna be rolled up like a scroll and Jesus is coming again. The king is coming and our future is in him. Our future is with him. I could go on and on and on and on. Oh, I want to tell you about Jesus. But if you're listening today and listen very carefully and you are a sinner and you're lost in your sin and you're hopeless in your sin and you're perishing in your sin and you're crushed under the shame and the weight of your sin, hopeless in that sin, Jesus is our Savior And he came and he lived a life of no sin as the perfect lamb of God. And he died on the cruel cross. He took the payment for sin, my payment and your payment. And he lives again. He's victorious over sin. He is our savior. Jesus is our savior. What do we do in these days? Don't be so perplexed. What do we do in these days? Tell others about Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell people about Jesus. So what are we doing these days? We trust him. What do we do in these days? We turn to him. We're so sick of that sin. We turn to him. What do we do in these days? We tell others of him. Listen, friend, I think there's two responses right now. And I don't want to close without offering these two responses. First is this. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, If you've never left your sin, repented of it because you see who Christ is and you've decided to follow him in faith, I want to encourage you to settle that today. Settle that today. Do not leave the hearing of the gospel, this message, 
and not settle that today. Trust in Jesus. And if you're listening today and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, listen, it's time to trust. It's time to turn. It's time to tell. May we be found faithful. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come, and I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful that you are gracious, that you are kind, that you are merciful. I'm also thankful that you're just and that you're holy. And I'm thankful that that perfectly reconciles in the cross and the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for some that are hearing this today that do not know you. I pray that today, tired of the treadmill of life, tired of the weight of sin, tired of the condemnation of guilt, they would turn to you for peace. They would turn to you and leave that sin and be restored. Lord, that they would be saved today. Lord, I pray that that would be the fruit of this message. Lord, I pray for us today that are saved. I pray that we'd be encouraged today. I pray that we wouldn't be involved in a one-sided relationship, but we again would be faithful to respond as you've called your people to respond. I pray the result you'd be glorified. Lord, we come and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.